but it's very interesting. Um, there are more verses in the Bible that talk about money than there are talk about love. Isn't that interesting? There are more than 1,000 Bible verses about money. And so, um, you know, again, when we talk about when, when this... When this whole um, Bible study kind of came out, and as I was praying through a bunch of things, this was a really specific area that the Lord began to challenge me on in, um, and I've to- told the Target story many times of going into Target with a list and a very specific amount of, I'm going to only get these things, I only need these things, and all of a sudden I, um, you know, in the checkout line, and they are ringing stuff up, and you watch the total go up and go up, and your stomach starts to get a little like, oh, oh, that's more than I thought it was going to be, or how did that happen? Or, oh my goodness, oh. And you, you kind of want to start pulling things off, but then that's kind of embarrassing to pull them off the line and um, getting to the car and realizing, like, how did that happen? It wasn't, uh, how did that happen? It just kind of seemed to happen to me. And that was really when the Lord began to challenge me on being undisciplined in my purchases, undisciplined with my finances, undisciplined in how I handled money. And this is a really, really, really big deal because when we're talking about practicing self-control, this is an area that I think every single one of us has to continually come back to. Am am I being disciplined in how I use the resources that God has given me? Um, Maybe... Maybe you don't have this problem. My resources have limits on them. (laughs) I do not have an unlimited supply of money. And so, therefore... I have to look at where where is my money going? How am I spending it? What am I am I being generous? All of those things. And so this is a really big area that we need to look at today. So I want to start with Matthew 6:21, which is just a great verse that is uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is a treasure? A treasure is something that's important to you. It's the thing you spend time and energy thinking about. And our treasure is what is closest to our hearts. And the truth is God wants our hearts to be his. They want our treasure to be found in him. And when um, when we get overly concerned with our stuff and the things that we have, um, our treasure begins to be in the things we have. Our treasure can very easily get into things and the things that we have um, when we're overly concerned with our stuff. Our stuff can become our treasure. And I want to share just a quick story this morning before we um, dive into uh, some specifics about this. But in Luke chapter 18, we find the story of the rich young ruler. And this was a man who came to Jesus. He was a good man. And he came to Jesus. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, One day, one of the local officials asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to deserve eternal life? Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments, don't you? No illicit sex, no killing, no stealing, no lying. Honor your father and mother. And the man said to him, I've kept all of these for as long as I can remember. When Jesus heard that, he said, well, then there's only one thing left to do. Sell everything you own and give it away to the poor. And then you will have riches in heaven. Then come follow me. This was the last thing the official expected to hear. For he was very rich and he became terribly sad. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let them go an interesting story. This isn't a story about how you're not supposed to have any resources, not how you're not supposed to have any money. It says he was a rich man. Jesus wasn't saying, well, you can't follow me if you have all this stuff. What Jesus did there is he exposed the condition of his heart. Because when he was talking to the man, he said, okay, well, 
Jesus, what do I need to do to be one of your followers? And Jesus lifted off, listed off the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't participate in these things. Honor your father and mother. Um, and he said, I got that down. It's all taken care of. I've done all those as long as I can. But Jesus pinpointed something in his heart. He pinpointed where his treasure was lying. He said, okay, then take all of the stuff you have and get rid of it. Give it away. And then come follow me. And all of a sudden, Jesus, he put his finger on the place where this person did not, was not willing to give up control to Jesus. He was not willing to give up control of his finances. He was not willing to give up all of the things that he had accumulated. And that exposed the condition of his heart. And that is the question for us today, is when we start talking about giving up um, the, the ability to just purchase whatever we want. Yes, we all have the right to do whatever we want with our money, but God wants us to have, give him control over everything. And so this is a good place to start going, what is my reaction when God begins to say, I want you to practice self-control and not buying this? Or could you give up this? Hey, how about you give up this for a while? How about you give up that, you know, that little, little thing that you like to go buy every once in a while? Would you be willing to do that? It's not that that thing is bad, but for that season, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to lay down some of the things that you are spending money on for something greater and something different? Or simply to say, Lord, everything I have is yours, and and the condition of my heart is that my treasure is in you, not in the things that I have. God talks so much about money in the Bible because he knows it's a huge area of our life that is difficult to turn over to him. And we can all sit here. It's really easy to just be like, oh, no, yes, Lord, you can have whatever you want. And then when push comes to shove and you are at Target and you're just going, I just want this so bad. Or you're looking on Pinterest at, you know, remodeling your house or a new couch for me. Years and years and years, it was always the couch. The couch was the thing that I just could not wait to get a new couch. And and prob- two years ago, I finally, finally got my couch. After 18 years of marriage, I finally got the couch that was new. It wasn't just a hand-me-down couch. And I but I remember so many years looking at my couch going, oh, I hate this couch. When am I going to have no money to get a new couch? Why can't I get it? And it's easy to, in theory, go, yes, of course, of course, I don't really care about stuff. And yet, sometimes those little things will creep in, and um, we, we find that uh, we, can, we can get caught up in our things and our stuff. Now, some of you might be thinking, all right, this is easy, all right? You're talking about controlling money? No problem. I am as cheap as they come. Any, anybody in the room? I am frugal. Man, I don't spend any money. I don't. I am cheap. I had a friend once, and she was just so, like, you know, whenever we would talk about this subject, she's like, not a problem. I don't spend money on anything. Like, she was as tight as you could be with finances. But what is our definition of being disciplined? Our definition of discipline is doing whatever Jesus asks you to do with whatever you have. And so if you're holding on tight to your money and you're not being generous, you're not being disciplined with your money. If God is asking you to sow seeds into somebody else, if he's asking you to give to somebody, and you're saying, oh, no, 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 I'm, just, I'm holding on to all of this. I'm going to make sure I always have enough. Well, then you're not being self-controlled with discipline. You're simply just being tight with your money. You're being frugal. So there is a side to this that involves generosity. It involves obedience. With whatever Jesus has asked you to do, discipline is always doing whatever he asked uh, he asks you to do. It's choosing whatever he says over what you want to do in that moment. 
being undisciplined with our money shows up in many ways. It can be overspending. It can just be, you know, just spending more than what you have. It can show up in a lack of responsibility. It can show up in not being on top of it, not paying your bills on time, not not taking these things um, responsible, showing responsibility with your finances. It can show up in not tithing. Um, this week, we opened a uh, checking account for Charlie. He he did lots of grandma's work this summer, and all of a sudden, he comes upstairs and there's this wad of cash. And I'm like, where did you get all this money? Well, grandma needed stuff moved a lot this summer. And I was like, I think you maybe got overpaid. <laughs> but So anyway, so we went, okay, Charlie, let's go open you a bank account. So we go into Wells Fargo, and he slaps down his big wad of cash. And, and he was so excited to get a check card. Like, this is the best thing ever that he's ever had. And so um, on the way home, I'm like, okay, so we should talk about tithing, what that means. And he's like, what? And I, all of a sudden, I had that moment like, have I forgotten this part? Have I not taught my kids this? Well, I, I have. I just said to Joe, have we not taught our kids tithing? He's like, we have. They just probably, it's the first time that he's old enough is earning some things. You know, when you're little and you give your kids, you know, here, put this in the offering. It's a little different than when they start earning their own money. And Lucy has a job too. And so I've started this conversation again about tithing with my kids. And it's like, because I think if I hadn't learned that when I was younger, it would be really difficult to start to implement as an adult. And tithing is simply giving 10% of your money back to the Lord. It is acknowledging that he has given us everything. And so I was explaining to him, so what we do is when, as soon as we get money, we set aside that very first part to give back to God. And I was trying to explain how it all worked. And, and he goes, so, and I think he was being funny. Do I, like, tie it to a balloon? Like, here you go, Jesus. Like, it's going to go up in the sky. And I'm like, well, no. And I'm like, because I kept saying, we give it back to God. We give it back to God. And finally, he's like, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> so then I had to think about it. And, and I was explaining to him even how, even how, I said, okay, so you recognize that we have a church here. How do you think the church has money to do things? How do you think the church has money to, to pay your dad to be the pastor, to rent this building, to pay for stuff? And I said, you know, because we don't charge people to come to church. We don't stand at the door and say, if you'd like to come in, you have to give us money. And so it was good to get their thinking going, well, how do you think that happens? Well, people in the church tithe. They give money to help support the church. And that gives us money to then be able to do things. And so um, that's how it all works. That's how Jesus set up that his church could go forward is that the people who come give to it. And so I was trying to get into the middle of it. But it's a hard concept if you didn't grow up knowing that. And I think for a lot of people who begin coming to church and all of a sudden you start talking about finances and tithing and money, and they're like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot if you've never learned that. So um, being undisciplined with our money could be simply just um, not being responsible and making sure that we are tithing and giving back to God what he has asked of us to support his work on the earth. Maybe it is a lack of generosity, a lack of being open to share what you have with those in need. Man, when I was younger and I had, you know, we had no kids and we didn't have a lot of bills, I was so generous. Like, let me just, I, I have no problem with generosity. Let me, let me tell you that. Like, I could just, remember my mom's favorite story is one time we went down, I think I was in college, we went down to orchestra hall and it was a super cold night and I had on you know these nice leather gloves and my mom had on one of those gloves that stretch you know the, any size can wear and so we were pulling into orchestra hall and the guy taking our tickets 
um, was taking our tickets, and I leaned over, and I'm like, are you, you don't have any gloves on. Are your hands cold? And he's like, yeah, actually. And I'm like, Mom, give him your gloves. <laughs> And she looked at me like, okay. So she take up. And so then we drive in, and all of a sudden she's like, why didn't you give him your gloves? And in my my mind, I was thinking, oh, his will fit. But we always laugh about it. I was very generous giving away my mom's gloves because I have no problem with that. So I've never had a problem with generosity. But can I tell you what became harder and harder as our bills got bigger, as our resources were smaller, and I knew exactly how much I had every month, it has been harder to be generous, not because I don't want to, but because every little thing, I know exactly, like, I have this extra little thing, and I know there's going to be this, and and it's harder, I think, for a lot of us to be generous because it's just tight. And so, but that doesn't mean that God, all of a sudden, if your finances are tight, just says, okay, well, it's all right. You don't have to be generous anymore. There are times that he will ask us to be generous, even despite of the fact that our finances are tight. And maybe being undisciplined with our money shows up in just self-sufficiency, in kind of this idea of it's my money, I earn it, I make it, I'm in charge of it, I'm in control of it, instead of having an idea of everything I have has come from God, and I'm going to choose to be obedient and do whatever he asks me to do with my finances. And so you just have this sense of it's mine. So the key to this whole topic is to remember that point. The money you have is not yours, it's God's. If you look at it that way, if God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, God provides everything for us. And so whatever I have in my bank account, whatever I have in my pocket, whatever I have in my purse is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It is simply God has entrusted it into my hands for me to then use however he asks me to use it. Um, I remember starting to work at a church and having, like, budgeted money for an event or whatever, I remember being so nervous because I was like, this is, like, Jesus's money. (laughs) This is not my money. And so every time I would make a purchase, I'd be, and I still feel that way. I just feel such a sense of responsibility to steward it well um, when I'm purchasing things for the church. But it should be no different in my home life. It's still Jesus's money. He has said, okay, Kerr family, I am going to give you this amount of resources, and I am trusting that you're going to do whatever I tell you to do with that. And that might mean I need resources over here, so I'm going to ask you to share it over here. Or it means you might invest in this or invest in that or give here. It's not ours. It's God's. When we know that everything we have comes from him, the way we handle our finances should reflect that. When I am standing in Target going, well, I really, really, really want this thing. I need to stop and go, okay, but Lord, I know there's this extra thing, but is this where you want me to spend that? And sometimes the answer is absolutely yes. God loves to bless his children. But we need to have the mindset of it's all his, and so I'm simply going to put it wherever he tells me it's okay to put it. Here's a couple of verses that talk about that. Psalm 50, 10 through 12 says, For all the animals in the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. So you have to think in context. I always think it's funny when we start reading scriptures and it's like the cattle is mine. And then we think that that's normal. But in this day and age, that meant wealth. If you had cattle, that meant that you had meat and you had milk and you had all kinds of stuff. So this is God saying everything, any kind of wealth, it's all mine. I give it to you, but it belongs to me. 
And Leviticus 25.23 says, Remember, the land must never be sold on a permanent basis because it really belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenants living with me. And there's a couple more verses in the, in the Bible study that you can look through. But the last one I'll leave you with is Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Being disciplined with your finances is a way of demonstrating that you know your money belongs to God. And we trust him. We are obedient in whatever he tells us to do with it. So that's kind of the history. So let's talk a couple things specifically, some ways that we can demonstrate our trust in God with our finances, how we can be disciplined in our finances. So number one is be disciplined in how you spend money. Ah, be disciplined in how you spend money. That means you can't just all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, it's all gone. How did that happen? And I think a lot of us, you know, we're not willfully going out going like, well, I'm just going to just buy whatever I want and not think about it. I think, again, it's, sometimes it's, it's like we talked about a lot of things in self-control. We're not paying attention. Um, it's so cute. Lucy got, it's not cute. Lucy got a job last summer and she started working. It was the first time that she had a paycheck. And, um, she would be like, come home almost every day with like a cup from some kind of restaurant. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, you have your own money. She's like, oh, yeah. And she would stop at McDonald's on the way home from work. And then she'd stop and get, where are you? I just stopped for ice cream. Just stopped with this. And, you know, and I was thinking back to, you know what it's like to be 16. Just get your license. Have a job. You have a little bit of money. It's just so awesome. Well, so um, I get a text from her one day like, hey, could you put money in my account? I'm all out. I need gas. And I was like, huh, where did all, their, where did all your money go? Oh, gas. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I pull up her account. This is probably hilarious for my mother to hear me talk about because I'm sure I, I never did this when I was 16. And I'm like, okay, look, see, McDonald's, Subway, Cub Foods, Cub Foods, because she really likes Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I go, do you see? And it doesn't compute with her because it's only $2. Well, all of a sudden, it's like, let's start adding this up. $2 and $2 and $4 and $5. Look, okay, look, that's $100 over this month. And it's kind of this eye-opening thing because it just seems like so little, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, where did that cushion in my account go? Where did that go? Oh, man, I need... And so we just have to learn to be disciplined in how we spend money. The first th way we do that is, again, and I've already talked about this, is with a tithe. It's setting aside 10%. Um, this is found in Deuteronomy 14.22. You must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring the tithe to the designated place of worship, the place your Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. And doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. It's such a great habit of giving back to God first. Uh, Robert Morris said, tithing means giving to God before you know if you're going to have enough. It's a way of trusting him, not like, okay, I'm going to pay everything, and if there's a little left, then I give it back. But instead, before you sort through all the rest of it, you stop and say, this always goes to you first. I always give this back to you first. So be disciplined in how you spend money by tithing. Also, by how you, um, how you live within a budget. Be conscious about your spending. Be, be disciplined in where your money's going. Don't buy things you can't afford. 
One of my favorite verses, and I love it in the message version, is Hebrews 13.5. It says, don't be obsessed with getting more material things, but be relaxed with what you have. Um, I always, do you ever think about, like, if you had no limits to your finances, like you just had, like, like one of those black American Express cards that you could just, and someone was going to pay the bill. <laughs> you didn't have to pay it later. But there was no limit. I look around my house and, you know, peop, you know, everything from decorating, and then you think shoes, and then you think belts, and then you think, um, you know, bedding, and then housewares, and homewares, and vacations, and what. Just think of the amount of things that you could spend money on. Think of the amount of things that if you started thinking about, oh, I would have this, and I would have this, and I would have this. It's really easy to start thinking about all those things. But this verse, what I love, the way that uh, Eugene Peterson worded it, is to be relaxed with what you have. To just have this mindset of, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Be relaxed, not always thinking about what's the next thing that I want to get, what's the next thing that I want to have. So be disciplined in your budget. Don't spend more than you make. Recognize that you don't need to purchase everything you want. Um, When I first kind of started, when the Lord was kind of dealing with my heart on this, I just kind of went through like a spending fast for a little bit, which is not fun at all. But just being like, okay, Lord, if it's not, you know, food or something specific or on the list, I'm just not going to buy it. And it would be so often I would like even be forgetting. I would be in the store and I'd just be like, oh, throw it in the cart. Like, oh, that's on sale. Let's get orange sticker at Target. Done. You know, and then all of a sudden I'd stop and be like, oh, look how quickly that happened. I don't even think about it. And just to get myself out of the mindset of like, hold on, we're going to just reset here because it's become so easy to just so quickly just grab something without really thinking about it. Or I've heard um, a couple of different tricks is put put something back and like walk around the store three times before you decide if you're going to buy it or not or something like that. Give yourself time to think about that purchase or freezing your credit card. You've heard that one. Put it in a block of ice. So if you want to buy something online, you have to wait for the whole thing to thaw out before you can actually buy it. Although it doesn't work now with Amazon, like storing everything. It's so easy to just hit click. Um, But things like that, stop. Don't just be impulsive, but stop and go, okay, is this something, Lord, is this something that I should spend my money on. Wait. Be purposeful about your decisions. Be responsible. Um, Pay your bills on time. Be ethical with your finances. Work hard and live within your means. Be creative and resourceful. So when we were uh, just first married and we were pastors who were not making much money, I remember um, my friend Debbie I used to babysit their kids all the time, and I would go over, and I remember one week she had um, this book on her counter about couponing. And I remember thinking, so when she got home after I was watching her kids, I remember asking her about that. I said, do you coupon? She goes, you know, honestly, I'm home with all these kids. I've looked at this as almost like a job for me. If I can save money on the things that we buy for our family, it's almost just a part of how I'm helping with the income of our house. And I, from that moment on, started kind of paying attention. Just what can I do? You know, I, I have all these babies at home. Um, I, I always had a little job or something that I was doing, but this became something that like, okay, you know what? I can spend some time figuring out ways to save money. And that's almost as good as going out and earning money. If I'm saving money on things that I do, um, that show extreme couponing, there's a lady on there one, one week and she was talking about how she coupons and she goes, and people will say, Oh, I don't have coupon. And she goes, and you know what I say to them? Well, then you ain't been broke enough. (laughs) Because it's true. And there have been seasons of our life that, oh my goodness, we have been so tight. And just 
some effort on my part to make sure that I am getting the best deal on my kids' clothes and whatever. It can become obsessive, I promise you. But but just be smart and be wise. Be responsible with, okay, Lord, I know that I know that there have been times that God has given me creative solutions to make my money stretch further. I just know he has when it comes to kids and shoes and back-to-school stuff and in church and resources. I always stop and pray and say, Lord, give me, just show me favors. Show me where to go. Lead and guide me. And there are times that I've walked into places and been like, oh, everything I need is on sale. So this is not a prayer that Jesus does not listen to. He will help you be creative and help you stretch what you have if you just ask him to help you. So be disciplined in the way you spend money. I think we all know that there are ways that we could tighten this up. The second thing that we can do to practice self-control is to be disciplined in how you think about money. Okay, so this one might be a little harder because I'm going to talk a little bit about worry. I'm going to talk a little bit about, oh man, nothing can kind of get your stomach in knots more than when you start worrying about finances. Um, when we can worry that we don't have enough, we can be anxious about where will it come from? How will we pay those bills? It can be so, so, so difficult. And Jeff and I have shared a million different times about how, when we started this church, we left a good paying job with, you know, that paid the bills every month and took a big leap of faith. And for almost four years did not have steady income. And it was every month. Uh, halfway through that, we got a part-time thing that helped with that. But every month, we were n- we never knew where the bills were going to be paid from. We just didn't know. It was the most excruciating test of Jesus teaching us to trust him that we have ever had in our life. And we would lie in bed going, <sighs> and especially Jeff, because he kept thinking, oh my goodness, have I just made a horrible mistake? And, and he was reading a book one night, not too long after we had left River Valley, and he was reading this book, and I was talking about be, living in faith. But then the author said, you know, within reason, I mean, don't be stupid. I heard of a guy once who had four kids and quit his job without nothing to do. I mean, that that's just not wise. <laughs> he was like, ah. <laughs> the thing. Because we literally, we knew Jesus had spoke to us. And yet, oh my goodness, we just there was no net under us. Like we just didn't know what we were doing. And the Lord provided every single time. I still get, I still cannot get over it. And I know we would have never had the faith to start this church if we hadn't gone through that season where we just know, like he just takes care of his people. He just does. It doesn't make sense on paper. It will never make sense on paper how we made it through that time. But he continually provided, and sometimes he provided with just a gift. Sometimes he provided with a job, and we would be like, oh, my goodness, we we just, how are we going to pay this bill? And we would get a phone call, and it would be work. And we didn't expect it to just fall down from heaven. But sometimes it would be work, and God takes care of us. So worrying about money exposed in my heart a lack of trust in God. It's just very simple. It just it just exposed a lack of trust. And um, I remember being so anxious. And I remember the Lord saying, now, every Friday when Jeff's paycheck was supposed to come from the church, you weren't sitting there like, I hope it comes. I hope the church takes care of us. I hope they, you know, they said they were going to pay us. They said they were going to put money in his account. He's been working really hard. I hope that he does it. And yet I, I treated God that way, like, oh, you said you're going to provide, but I really hope you do. I don't know. And the Lord really convicted me, like, you trusted them 
Why don't you trust me? I have said I will take care of you. So trust me in this. And it was just, it became a a long-term learning process. Because you can think, oh, I'm trusting God, and then something else will come up, and you'll go, oh, okay. Are you sure you're still there? Are you still promising to take care of us? We have to learn to trust God with our finances, and that means that when worry and anxiety come in when it comes to those things, we have to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know this, 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 yes, on paper does not look good, but I also know that you have promised that you're going to take care of us, and I put my trust in you. One of my favorite verses is in Luke 12. I want to read the whole thing to you. Turning to his disciples, Jesus said, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant and harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what is the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. If we don't discipline our thoughts about money, our hearts can start to be filled with anxiety about it. So we need to learn to trust God that he will always take care of us. So we discipline ourselves in the way we think about money when we refuse to look to money as the thing that's going to take care of us. When we think, You know, I think a lot of us can think, well, when there's more, I won't worry about it anymore. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Maybe the ladies in the room that have more (laughs) could say, yes, there's always things to be worried about. And yet the truth is when we learn that God is promised to take care of us, we can let anxiety about finances go. So be disciplined in how you spend money. Be disciplined in how you think about money. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is be disciplined in how you share money. I want to talk a little bit about generosity. It can be really easy to get tight, especially I I have shared this when when finances are tight or when things are, are difficult, to want to just hang on to things. And yet God asks his people to be generous. If you look through the scriptures over and over and over, not even just the scriptures about money, but about what his people should look like as far as people of generosity, there are so many verses that over again talk about sharing what you have with the poor, about being mindful of others' needs, about seeing other people and figuring out how you can help meet their needs, of taking care of those that have less than you. There, This should mark us as people of faith, that we are people of generosity, that we are looking out for the needs of others, that we're not just looking to our own needs, but that we are sharing what we have with others. We need to make sure that we do that. John 1, 3, and 17 says, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? 
Now, this can be really challenging. I'm going to share a little story. Right in the middle of uh, Jeff and I, um, in our little journey of boredom, <laughs> um, we had just had this big conversation about, you know what, okay, we, we sat down, looked at our finances. We had some money in savings just to kind of hopefully get us through, but it was not much. And we were like, okay, this will pay the mortgage. <laughs> you know, we didn't have a ton, but we decided, okay, we just sat down and talked about it. And Jeff said, let's just, any extra spending, we're just going to cut it out. So we kind of looked at our bills. We looked at everything that we had. So anything over the top extra, we were like, it's all going out. And we had this conversation literally an hour before I was supposed to go meet someone for coffee. And so we were sitting there with, yes. And you know, he's giving me like, you see, you see the numbers, Christy, you know, see what this means. Yes. I hear you. No extra, not nothing. This is tight. We've got to make this last as long as possible. I'm totally with you. Great. So I go and I meet this girl for coffee. And she's not somebody that I even knew very well. Um, I kind of knew her from a distance, and she had reached out to me. And so I met and sat and met her for coffee, and she was kind of telling me about her life. And um, she had lost her mom to cancer. Her dad was never in the picture. So she really didn't have any family or anything. And as I was sitting there talking to her, I felt this, oh, I'm getting an emotional thing about it. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to give her $500. I don't know that I've ever given anyone $500. I don't know that I've ever written a check for $500 at that point. I was just, I mean, obviously for a mortgage, but I had never given anybody that kind of money. Nor did I, I just remember sitting there going, like, oh, no, 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 no. And, and let, let's be very clear. I gave away my mother's gloves. It is not like, this can kind of come in, and sometimes Jeff will go like, honey, I know you want to help everybody. I know you always want to be, I know you just want to, you give anybody anything you have. So, so I knew that this, this is a part of my temperament. And so I started to just go like, this is just you feeling bad and like wanting to help. And this is your over the top. And I could not get away with it. And so I really don't remember half of what our conversation was because the whole time in my mind, I'm just praying. I'm like, Jesus, like, is this you? Is it really you? Is it really you? And Jeff and I have always had this thing that we always talk to each other before we spend probably even more than $100 at that stage, you know, in our lives. If it was going to be a big purchase, we always just talk about it first. Or any kind of giving, we always talk about it first. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to get my purse and, like, text her while I'm, text Jeff while I'm talking to her. And um, I could not get away from it. And it was as strong as anything. My hands were shaking. I just felt the Holy Spirit like, I am telling you, I am telling you, I want you to give her $500. And I normally don't even have my checkbook with me, but for some reason I had it in my purse that night. And I was sitting there going, and all I could think about is, like, I just got the talk about not spending any money. Like, we have to make this money last. And I remember my mind, I remember going, like, Lord, like, I don't have $500. And he was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's in your account. It's in, you have it. I, I provided for you. You have it. And so I remember thinking, like, okay, so I couldn't get a hold of Jeff. Like, she went to the bathroom, and I'm trying to call, and he wouldn't answer. And I literally knew in my spirit that this was the Holy Spirit telling me that I needed to be obedient. So while she was in the bathroom, I wrote out a check, and I put it in my hand, and my whole hand was trembling. And when she came back, uh, we were getting ready to leave, and I just said, hey, you know what? I just, I just feel like the Lord wants me to give this to you. So I passed it over to her, and she just started weeping. And she was like, I couldn't pay my rent. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't want to ask. I was too embarrassed to ask anybody for it. Like, I was just praying, Lord, please help me know how I'm going to do this. So I felt really great right then. Like, I got to the car, and I'm sobbing. Because in that moment where 
you reach, you step out in faith, and then you learn that that person had been praying for something, and you met that need. Like, that is one of our greatest moments as believers, when the Holy Spirit tells us, you know, when we say, all the money is mine, you know, God says, all the money is mine, and I'm, you're a steward of it, and when you get it right, it's so great. And she needed that so much. So I cried for a moment, and then I started driving home, and I'm like, Oh, no, I'm in so much trouble. And I'm driving home, and I'm having this conversation. First, I get angry. Like, I'm going to be like, well, whatever. Like, you know, you can't. God told me. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, God tells you all the time. So so I'm in my mind trying to figure out how to have this conversation. And I very clearly heard the Lord say, you just trust me. I will take care of him. You trust me. You obey me. I will take care of of your husband. So we got home, and I was like, I need to tell you something. So we sat down, and I said, um, so I was, you know, felt very strongly the Holy Spirit tell me to give her money. (laughs) I I eased into it. He's like, okay, how much money? (laughs) I'm saying it really. And he kind of did his Jeff Kerr, like, you know, the hands on the table, like, hmm. Okay. Okay. And and he actually just said, Okay. All right. I'm just gonna pray about it and and I said, Okay. And it wasn't like this warm fuzzy. He didn't go like oh, I'm so proud of you. You hear from Jesus and you're so obedient. It was nothing like that, but it was not like, How dare you? And I, I made sure I said I really I was not being dishonoring. I all like this was not just like I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. I tried to get a hold of you, but I really could not get away from it. And he was like, I that's fine, that's good. But I could see that he was like stressed out, like, Okay, great, this is now now this little bit of money we have is like gone. And so that night I went upstairs and was just praying and I was like, okay, Lord, did I hear you right? So the next day I'm sitting at my kitchen table and the doorbell rings and everybody's gone and um, it is a neighbor. And I walk to the door and my neighbor is standing there with an envelope. And I don't know her very well, but she said, hi. (laughs) She just looked all nervous and I said, hi. And she said, "Um, I just... I don't know why, but God told me to bring this to you. And I just had to be obedient. And so please don't open it. And she just put it in my hands and she turned around and walked away. And I opened it up and there was a thousand dollars cash. And I just, it's hard to describe how cool it is when you see the Lord go, see, I just, just trust me. It's all mine. If you will be obedient, I will always take care of you. And the fact that it was exactly double what I had given, and <laughs> that I could go to Japan. <laughs> you know? And he, we both had the same reaction. We both just wept like, okay, we are learning. We are in the school of something right now because Jesus is teaching it, what it us what it means that he gives to us, and we do whatever he tells us, And then he continues to provide. We don't have to hoard everything we have. No, we need to be wise and diligent. But if he tells us to be generous, we will be generous. We will give. We will trust him. And that is just a little story. It's something that really profoundly impacted my life because I have learned when the Holy Spirit tells you to be generous, be generous. God wants us to be generous people. And whatever that might look like, And if you are walking and God speaks in your heart to share something with somebody, and it might be, it might not even be money. It might be 
It might be help. It might be, can I watch your kids for you? It might be, it might be food. It might be bringing a meal to somebody. We did years ago at mom's group, um, kind of when the housing market crashed, we were looking around my neighborhood going, man, there are a lot of foreclosures right here in my neighborhood. This is not like, oh, inner city Minneapolis, people are struggling. This was right around us. And so at our Bible study, we had everybody bring um, canned goods, and we filled up a bunch of bags, and we had everybody take one bag home and say, ask the Holy Spirit who you should take this bag to. Because you know what? There might be someone on your street that right now is going, I don't have food to put in my kids' lunches. And they're too embarrassed to say anything. They're too embarrassed to ask for help. And yet they are praying, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I need help. I need resources. And it was amazing for the ladies to come back from that Bible study and go, you know what? The Lord put a name on my heart. And as soon as I showed up with a bag, they just began to weep because they were in need. So let's be people with our eyes open. Not just going through our life, not just going through Target, not thinking about other people, but Lord, what, how is it that you want me to be generous? What can I do? What are you asking of me? Is there someone that I can reach out to? We want to be people who are generous. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So when we talk about being being disciplined with finances, yes, we need to be disciplined in our spending, but we also need to be disciplined in how we think about money and how we share money with others. So let's pray, and then we have time to talk and pray with each other. So, Lord, I just, oh, I come to you today lifting up every person in this room. Lord, I know finances can be such a difficult thing, Lord. Um, Nothing can weigh heavier on us. Nothing can cause more stress and tension in our homes than when we start talking about resources, whether there is much or whether there is little, Lord. um, This is such an area that it's so easy to uh, have it influence so many different other places in our life. And Lord, first of all, I want to lift up every woman in this place, Lord, that finances are tight, They are wondering how they're going to make it. Maybe they've been crunching the numbers and it just seems impossible. I pray today that faith would rise up in their hearts, that you have got them, that you will generously provide everything they need and that there will still be stuff left over to share so that they can be generous with others. Father, that is fundamental to our faith. And so, Lord, any lack of trust in you today, Any fear, any worry, any anxiety, I pray in the name of Jesus, you would make that go away and that you would teach us that you are the God who cares for us, that you never forsake your children, that your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. And we know that you have said you will provide for us. And so we have nothing to fear. Lord, I pray that you would today begin to open doors. I pray you would provide jobs. I pray that you would provide um, good business opportunities. Lord, I just pray that you would abundantly bless every single home represented here today. Lord, that there would just be um, more than enough. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to be disciplined in our finances. Lord, we recognize that it's so easy to just get sloppy 
in how we spend our money and not and not be mindful of it. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, quicken our spirits, Lord, when we are just doing things on impulse without thinking. I pray that you would you would um, give us hearts that, that ask you, Lord, is this where you want my money to go? Lord, could you give me direction? How do you want me to share? How do you want me to spend what you've given me? So, Lord, we pray that we would be disciplined women when it comes to our finances. And lastly, Lord, we pray that we would be generous. Father, we know there is so much need around us. There is so much need, and Father, we don't want to be blind, walking through life, not seeing the needs of others. So, Lord, help us to trust uh, when you speak to our hearts to be generous, that, Lord, you would you would just give us the wisdom and the courage to be obedient and the, and the wisdom to trust that if you ask, that you will provide for us. And so I pray that you would, again, just bring people into our path even this week that we can practice generosity with. We ask you to, to bring people to our minds, to bring people into our path that we can sow seeds of generosity, Lord, to be a light for your kingdom and for your glory. Um, I thank you for every woman here. I pray, Lord, that we would be faithful and that more than anything else, that our treasure would be in you and not in the things we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you're doing discipline challenge. The core of being disciplined with your finances is remembering that everything you have is God's and you are spending his money. Remind yourself of this fact before you purchase anything this week. Then ask God if this purchase is okay with him and be obedient in whatever he says to you. This might seem tedious, but it's important to mentally shift your attitude to remember that it's all God's and you need to be obedient to him with your finances. It's just a good exercise, just for one week to just stop and go, Lord, is this how you want me to spend my money? Just to get out of the habit of just doing things impulsively. So that's your doing discipline challenge. So there's some discussion questions there, and then you've got some time for prayer too.